that God blessed them. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing. I have given you every plant yielding seed that is to be on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food. So we got this marvelous picture of the creator giving to the creation this beautiful new person that he's uh, he's made from the dust of the ground but giving him everything giving all the seeds and and the earth and the food in abundance a tremendous place to live and there is a unity between humanity and god himself um, but there are rules um, in in using the creation like like there would be in uh, in any civilized place you may surely eat of every tree of the garden but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in that day that you eat of it you shall surely die and this is the the covenant that god makes i give you everything but there are rules it's almost like there are house rules um, to be living together just like you would get in your own home you have rules that you you live by and god said you know, enjoy it all, have it all, it's all yours, I love you very much, but there are rules that you must keep. And of course we know um, that in fact what happened was that Adam broke the rules, Adam and Eve by then broke the rules, and the covenant, this covenant, this agreement between them and God uh, was broken. So <clears throat> this is what a, a covenant is. Um, it's a loyalty to a relationship of mutual love and faithfulness. And in the Bible, it's called righteousness. When there is an agreement between creator and creation, there was righteousness that ruled on the earth. Because we agreed, because we worked together. And of course, unrighteousness is where we've broken that covenant and broken the agreement with God. And as I said there, it's, a, it's akin to the agreement of the house rules of a family. So that is where the word righteousness comes from. The word righteousness, of course, has right in it. And uh, if you are a righteous person, you do the right thing. If you are an unrighteous person, you do the wrong thing. And we have turned from being righteous creation to be an unrighteous creation because we've broken the covenant, the agreement, and sin entered the world and spoiled um, the whole family relationship. Now, you know all these things. It's just explaining it again that this is where the word unrighteousness comes from and righteousness. We were righteous, but we lost it. And uh, we've been found wanting. And um, the example that came to me as I thought of it was this stunning um, story of uh, Belteshazzar and Daniel. And uh, if you remember, Belteshazzar was the son of Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar had sacked Jerusalem, taken all the gold and the silver from the temple and put it in his storehouse. And one day, Belteshazzar decided he would have a feast and he brought all his concubines in and he brought all the wine in and he said, what we really need is some of that Jewish gold and silver from the temple and so he got all his friends to bring the gold and silver and it was all part of this lavish feast and the viciousness that that was going on and suddenly he saw a finger 
writing on the wall. Those marvellous words, meeny, meeny, Tekel and Perez. <laughs> you can't say that without uh, shuddering, really. Meeny, meeny, Tekel and Perez. And it's actually Aramaic. It's the same language that Jesus spoke. And these words became written on the wall by a finger, just like when Jesus wrote on the ground with his finger on the sand. And what they said was, meeny, meeny, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tekel, you are weighed in the balances and you're found wanting. Perez, the kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persian. But it's that Tekel there that is the key thing. You have been weighed in the balance and you have been found wanting. And it wasn't just him. This is all of us. We are weighed in the balance and we are found wanting. We have failed in the things we ought to have done and done those things we ought not to have done, as the old prayer book says it. And there are other examples. And you remember when I spoke a couple of weeks ago on the, uh, uh, what was I speaking on? Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the Beatitudes. Sorry, these things go as you get older. <laughs> as I was speaking on the Beatitudes, and, and, and there was this gentleman. Um, uh, the rich young ruler who was found wanting, exactly the same story, really, as, as uh, Meeny, Meeny, Tekel and Parson, in a sense. A very righteous young man, you would think. He kept all the law, kept, did everything properly. And yet, Jesus said, if you want to be really perfect, if you want to be weighed in the balance and be found righteous, there's one thing you must do. Give away everything you have and you'll have treasure in heaven, then come and follow me. And the young man heard this. He went away sad because he had great wealth. So another example of being weighed in the balance and found wanting. And this is uh, unrighteousness. And, of course, we know, again, from a couple of weeks ago, the law and the Sermon on the Mount, um, that the, the law was, in fact, like God's mind. But Jesus taught us God's heart. And that was the difference between the two. So um, one of the other proverbs that you find uh, in the Bible is a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. And when we're thinking of being weighed in the balance, if we pretend that we do have the righteousness that God demands, it's an abomination to God. He, he not, doesn't just not like it or hate it. It's an, we are an abomination because we are becoming righteous uh, when we're not. The balance is wrong. And so this uh, proverb says that a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. And what God is looking for is a righteousness in creation as it was there in the beginning. And the lovely thing is that those who are in Christ inherit his righteousness. And by grace, we exceed the scribes and the Pharisees. St. Paul wrote in Romans, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, 
For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it's written, the righteous will live by faith. And you have all accepted this, most of you, that in fact you can be righteous. You can be above the scribes and the Pharisees, not by anything you do, but by the um, justification that comes through Christ himself. And there's that beautiful picture of Christ there on the scales of justice, satisfying the demands of God by giving his life up and taking the sin of the world upon his shoulders. So we inherit the righteousness. We become God's righteous people. And you may not feel righteous this morning. And in fact, you shouldn't feel righteous in a sense because you've done things wrong and uh, you've committed sin. You know, it's very interesting when, when I go out to the Ukraine uh, in the churches there, the, the first thing they'll ask me is, how many people in your church have repented? And we normally talk about conversion. But always on their lips is, have you repented? Because repentance is the pathway through to righteousness. Without repentance, you cannot receive the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ given for you so that you can be righteous. So the scales are balanced through, through what Christ has done. And we receive that righteousness through our repentance. Uh, in him. So this is uh, the question that, that we're asked about righteousness. So where do you stand? There is the scribes and the Pharisees, which is on the left, and all of us who are self-justified, all of us who think that we do lead a fairly decent righteous life, and you might well do, but it's simply not enough. There's Christ on the cross who equals the scales. And then there is the reception of what Jesus Christ has done, the gold scales on the right, where as we face God, he looks at us and sees that we are his righteous people, which is marvellous for us. But there's also implications because in the beginning, do you remember I said there were house rules? <laughs> there were rules that you had to keep. And there are house rules in the kingdom of God as you become righteous. And those house rules are just expressed, expressed here in Colossians. Therefore, you are God's chosen people. You're holy and you're dearly loved. So here come the, what we should be like. So in your righteousness... Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So the righteousness we receive has the implications uh, not just in ourselves, but in our church, which is the household of God, and indeed with the communities that live around us. We have this tremendous 
tremendous position of God seeing us as his righteous people. But what a thing we have to live up to. And always we have to repent because we fail on these things. And yet we have the house rules. We know what we're aiming for. We know where we're moving towards. And as God's chosen people, God's righteous people, we uh, follow in the footsteps of Christ. So what does it mean to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees to receive Christ, to have the balance corrected? And if this morning you're here and you've never made that step of coming to God and receiving the, 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 the fruit of repentance, which is that you become righteous, then do it this morning. I remember when, when I, I can still remember because I've been a heathen uh, in the past and, and um, I, my moment of repentance was going to church on, on a Sunday for the first time with Sandra and, uh, and they gave me a John's Gospel and, and I read that John's Gospel for three days uh, when I got home. It's a tiny little thing. I don't know how I could have read it, but in those days they were very small. And I began to think, yeah, I have done wrong. Yeah, I haven't lived up to any of this. Even as a heathen, suddenly the Spirit of God was saying, you are weighed in the balance and you are found wanting. And I said, look, God, if you're really there, I can see I've found. And by the Wednesday, I was overwhelmed as I struggled with prayer. I was overwhelmed with a tremendous feeling of love and acceptance and joy. I've never, never looked back. It changed my whole life because repentance brings righteousness in Christ and you become accepted as God's righteous people and you exceed what the scribes and the Pharisees had, although even for them it was available if you look at the scriptures. So that's what righteousness is. I hope that's given you a fresh insight. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for all you have done for us. And Lord, we admit that we have failed in so many ways. And yet you've given us that great gift of righteousness with you in Christ. And we pray, Lord, that we might live out the implications of that in our church, our community, our families, and in our lives. Amen. Can we please stand? We'll sing this hymn together at the end.